0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another Shop Talk show on Shield Bash. This is your host, Jason. Uh, I am joined by GM Jared. Uh, Jared, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your podcast? Sure. Thank you, Jason. I'm GM Jared from
1: Nothing Ventured, Nothing Gained. And we are a podcast that plays uh, a multitude of different tabletop RPGs. Uh, Our common one and the one we most currently playing is Pathfinder 2nd Edition, done by Paizo. We're from New York, so if I have a terrible accent and you can't understand me, I apologize for that. Uh, But that's what happens when you grow up in Brooklyn. Uh, Most of us, uh, we also play live every alternating Wednesday on Twitch that you could come join us. And there's a lot of cool options there for the audience to interact with the players and the players hate me for that. So that's always fun.
0: <laughs> and if you're coming at us uh, from the Nothing Ventured, Nothing Gamed uh, feed, again, my name is Jason. I currently play Tam Westcrown in the Serpent Skull Adventure Path for Shield Bash, uh, and we're going to be moving into a second edition game um, in between books ourselves. So you can come check us out, um, uh, shieldbash.net, for all of our stuff and you know, we are going to be doing a lot of Paizo stuff back and forth. Um, we are Midwesterners, so you can get a fair amount of howdies and how you do's. Uh, but today's topic is visual aids and props. Now, I mean, there's always been that stereotype of, oh, you play D&D with your, your wizard hat and downstairs with your candles and rolling dice and... Yeah, realistically, the most common prop I've ever seen at a game is snacks. That's that's pretty much what what everybody wants to use. But occasionally, you do get that person who will dress up. But I got a feeling more of today's topic is tool aids, and tools. You know, not. Not the LARPing level of things, even though that can be nice to kind of remind people, especially if you do play a lot of games, which character you are playing today. It's really nice to get a GM handout, a map, a note, a diary, uh, an aged piece of paper. And that's really, I think, what we're going to be diving into, the the what's and how's and why's of that. But as per usual listeners, I don't pick the topics. Uh, We actually kind of worked this one out together, but jared why don't you go ahead and you tell us what are your opening thoughts on on props and stuff like that like what is your your big main like you love it you hate it i am a huge proponent of props for a gm
1: now not everyone has an infinite amount of time so you know sometimes you'll see you'll be watching streams and they'll lay out Mm -hmm. this amazing tabletop terrain
0: because they get paid for that
1: yeah and a lot of times they'll either buy it from, you know, number of different companies and they'll have it built like that. And that's really cool. Me, on the other hand, I have almost no time, you know, be- working and such. Uh, so my props usually come in the form of handwritten notes from NPCs mm-hmm. or um, I am a huge fan of the surprise potion, which I i actually did uh Hmm. i was a bartender in college so i do mixed drinks but non-alcoholic right for non-alcoholic players yeah and when i'm like oh you find potions sometimes i'll i'll lay down a few different (laughs) drinks and i'll be like you gotta taste them to figure out what they are and my players (laughs) always think that's
0: fun that's i've i don't think i've ever heard of that that's awesome uh
1: yeah we've the poison ones are always lemon or vinegar <laughs> flavor and they'll know instantly like after you played with me a few times um I'll, I'll i'll do something with a like an apple cider vinegar base and then you'll take like a swig thinking it's like oh it's cherry flavor or something and then you'll see that the player it will either spit it out instantly or just have the worst face ever and they're like oh i got poisoned didn't I? and i'm like yep
0: I just, I love how nonchalant you were about that. You're just like, it's the Poison ones. It was. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I'm just imagining too, like, with some of these, you're just like, well, what was that? It's like, I don't know. I found some bottles. Just dumped them in there. (laughs) We did that once
1: to a a new player as like an initiation. Uh, She was playing with us for quite some time and... As a, like, gag, her barbarian actually got up to a point, and they found... She found a... She beat up a wizard, stole his bag, right? So she was very, uh... Her character was very similar to Grog from Critical Role. So, she beat up okay. a wizard, took his bag, and had a number of different potions. And, uh, you know, we kind of planned for this, and she opened it up, and she was like, well, I don't know what this are. And we, we mixed... It was like... Red Bull, Red Bull, Gatorade, and Mountain Dew, and this was well, you know, while we were in college, and it was terrible. But yeah. she drank it like a champ, and and I and I was like, uh, that was definitely a poison one. <laughs> she was like, well, I have poison resistance. So, <laughs> and instantly we were like, I was enamored by this person. She was like the coolest person in my head, because uh, she, she like ran with it, and I was like, I don't even know how to handle this.
0: That's an awesome meat cute that you got for your wife there. Yeah. <laughs> is, is this the woman who eventually, um, you know, bore your children? Uh, it definitely was. <laughs>
1: I became so enamored by her that we, uh, uh, I, I started, I became the weird guy who was like, hey, let's hang out, not playing D&D.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can't say anything. I, I joke with my wife. Our first date was a and d game and. <laughs> and we've been married for 11 years. So, hey. yeah, it works out. And nerds People. marry nerds. and Okay. But anyway, so props are obviously very useful. Um, personally, one of my big favorite things is um, pictures of NPCs. That, that is, that's one that I find to be incredibly useful because you can, you know, it's the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. You can describe an NPC a whole lot, but like being able to show a picture um, really helps them pick out what's going on uh and every you know anybody who's dm'd for any length of time has run into that situation where you've described something and in your mind like it you've it's perfect like you've described it exactly what they need and everybody else all the players are just sitting there like so it's uh just a ball like no it's a spherical room with the it's like okay and they just they just don't get it, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, what are, what are some of the, the props that you, besides, obviously, just the pure fun and entertainment value of your potions, what are some of the most commonly used ones that you've used, that you've had the best success for? Uh, it has to be maps. Uh,
1: if a GM... We live... Um, I think most of our listeners are kind of the the in-between age where they they started pen and paper and are playing now on tabletop, but on computers. Yeah. And I find the moment I can bring up a map on a computer screen and send it to my players, like an image like that, they instantly, you'll, you'll always hear the, oh. Mm. And right away, they, they suddenly get it. And I'm like, am I that bad as a like <laughs> as a narrator? And they're like, no, we just didn't understand where the pit was and where like the the fountain that's spitting snakes out of its mouth was. It's it's their fault. Just remember,
0: it's always their fault.
1: Yeah, that's when you throw in the apple cider vinegar potion. You're like, yes. drink this. Trust me, it's a healing pot.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but that is one of my most go to. I um I'm a sucker. You know, since we both are playing in uh, paizo created uh, games, uh, I buy the flip map packs oh, that oh, Paizo yeah. puts out, and I have a stack of them, and they are just so handy, and they're travel they're travel ready. You know, every I you know we have the battle maps, right? The battle maps with the dry race stuff,
0: uh, yeah, but uh, I like those flip Chester maps X ones.
1: Yeah, I like those battle maps, and and they even have like. You know, if you get the um, like the alleyway, it'll look like an alleyway, mm-hmm. which uh, also I find props like that can also inspire your players to do a little more. Suddenly yeah. they're hopping over the barrels that they now visibly see and are throwing daggers or taking cover and having like an old Western shootout with their hand crossbow. Um, and I, that's why I really feel like sometimes visual cues are, are really important like that.
0: Yeah. And I will say, like, Paizo does a really good job with those flip maps. I also, I run um, a fair amount of society games. So, like, I, you know, if I'm running one and I'm like, I don't have that map, I'll try to get it, you know? And, like, they populate those things. Like you said, you know, city streets, it's like, okay, if I'm drawing that myself, I'm probably just going to draw some outside walls. But, like, this one, it's like, okay, well, this one has, like, a courtyard or a fenced-in courtyard. This one's got bunch of barrels outside crates uh here's a sewer drain you know here's a chimney like they get all those little bitty details that it would just take you so much longer to draw most players they they're hesitant to just assume these things or want to ask for like hey if we're in an alleyway you know is there a pile of dog poop that i could you know throw in their face they don't necessarily want to ask for that but if they can see it on the map they're like i'm gonna pick that up because it's right there i got it you know Mm -hmm. so like i'm listeners this is also me saying yes those maps are fantastic (laughs) like in fact i have a list of like their names so it's like on christmas time i can be like i want more maps here's the ones i have (laughs) nice i gotta do that yeah (laughs) and there's because there's a few times where i've been like this is awesome and then as soon as the person leaves i'm like hey pete here you go (laughs) because i don't need three of these yeah you're just like i'm
1: i'm good with that many but yeah Yeah. you know and and it's always fun because you know even having like extras you could give out to players and that might inspire them to try to dm a one shot or something like that they now have the tools that they see uh experienced gm like yourself using and they're like oh if i can if i have that product i too can can play like that
0: yes yeah Um, I know in our Serpent Skull game, our um, our GM, he uses a lot of wrapping paper, has one-inch squares grids on the back. Um, So he will buy cheap wrapping paper after Christmas and, like, big, expansive maps. And because it's wrapping paper, you can basically make it as long as you need. Um, So, like, we'll get ones where, you know, he's got just the whole terrain, you know. Mm-hmm. This, here's the sunken ship, and here's the giant doors, and here's where the water receded, and here's the cliff. And, like, it's just way bigger and more than you could ever get on a flip map. But what's nice is, you know, like you said, they're so portable. He can just roll it up, put it in a tube, label it, like, sunken cove, and anytime he ever needs it again, he can just pull it back out. That
1: That is genius. I never thought about wrapping paper, and now I have a reason to buy some. <laughs> yeah. Ah. You know, now that's going into the arsenal of of things I'm going to carry around when I go to cons <laughs> and to my my you know my gaming table. I'm just bringing all that stuff, and yeah. you know, even even um, we use miniatures, right? Well, mm-hmm. at cons, I I like to do this thing because it, it kind of makes everyone laugh or have fun. I use um candy, yeah, so, like nerd boxes and stuff like that like oh you know starburst starburst and stuff like that and see everyone who's been to a con has had the the weird gm who hands out candy
0: like a weird uh i I don't think people find it weird i think they're just like yes we
1: got that we got the candy gm yeah candy gm (laughs) i like that um that's another great thing and another great way to get your your players active is you know we talk about props but i feel that props bring people back to the game you know you yep. you you see people sometimes they're like oh you'll read online oh my players sometimes hop on their phone or I lose I lose them right and I do that sometimes when I'm reading a book you know how like you're reading and then all of a sudden you're like wait I just went four pages and I zoned out of what yep. I was reading and that's the same effect when you're playing a game sometimes you zone out it happens we're all human uh, but I find that when you have props or like Starburst candy right? um suddenly the players are a little bit more active suddenly they really want to kill <laughs> lemon they're like oh lemon's gonna get it i gotta get <laughs> lemon
0: or like cherry um strawberry for me that's that's one like all of a sudden i'm just like you know screw tactics strawberries gotta die because yeah. i don't want them <laughs> you're like i i need
1: strawberry in my life and i'm coming for strawberry yeah. strawberries all the way in the back don't worry about it
0: yeah don't i don't care and if you kill steel, now it's an issue. Yeah. That's <laughs> how we have PvP at the table. You <laughs> we were cool till Strawberry got involved. Yeah. You took it. <laughs> you took it from me. Never mind the fact that the DM has a bag of thirty more. That one was mine. Yeah. You put your name on it. Um... No, it's good like minis minis are obviously they're very helpful. I personally have been a big fan of when um uh, Hero Forged... Heroforged Um, did their big kickstarter for like oh you can now get pre-painted minis because i am garbage at painting minis like i just i cannot do it and i can't constantly be asking my friends be like hey will you do this really intricate and complicated thing for me for just because you're my friend and i'll give you a high five no so like it's expensive so i can't do it more than like once a year but now I can just get it painted exactly the way I want in my mind, and I have, like, this is my character, and I can just show it to people. Like, this is who you're playing with. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I backed the heck out of that
1: Kickstarter. Um, even before uh, my, you know, uh, our podcast was doing anything, I, I threw a ton of money. Like, we were buying equipment, and then my 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 producer and my friend, Steve, was just like, did you just kickstart the the Hero Forge stuff? And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "We need cameras." I was like, "Don't worry about the cameras. This is way more important."
0: <laughs> um, and he was. This is for people everywhere.
1: Yeah, you got you got to support the, the hobby, and I love like miniatures like that. I do it uh, for because you know I'm the eternal GM with my group, and it's it's the struggle, but it's worth it, right? Um, I do. Whenever we start a new campaign, I get them all a Hero Forge mini that they use when when we get to the table. I it comes out of the pocket, so it's never those extra large characters and yeah, and it's always the generic, uh, cheapest like I think it's like twenty five dollar plastic. But still, man, like you are still putting out like a hundred bucks. Yeah, it but it it see the thing is it's worth it, and also uh, they know. I'm less inclined to kill their characters <laughs> because I just shelled out a hundred bucks.
0: That's okay. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, as a, maybe an excuse for you to, you know, get another toy. It long run. It sounds like it'd be cheaper for you just to get a 3d printer and buy STL files. Oh, I, I would love to do
1: that. I'm every black Friday. And for those listeners who aren't in the uh, United States, Black Friday is after Thanksgiving and it's where everything's on sale. And then you have yep. Cyber Monday and that's the Monday where everything's on sale. Um, digitally, yeah. Digitally, yeah. Uh, every, for the last two years since I've been doing this gate, you know, the podcast and buying miniatures for my friends. Um, I just, I, I keep seeing it and I'm just like, next year, next year. and And, you know, you're like the fifth person. And you're, you're a fifth person from the Midwest who I've never spoken to before. <laughs> who's like you should probably do that.
0: You you, you silly person. You. Well, I, I say this because one of the guys on our podcast has a 3D printer. You know, it's it's like a three hundred dollar. It's not very big, but like sometimes I will just have like, hey, I got an extra ten bucks. So I can buy an STL file for eight. To yeah. Give it to him, he charges five bucks to to print it, and I'm I'm good to go. You know. <laughs> And it's definitely cheaper than than buying through,
1: the uh, the pre made miniatures. Yeah, uh, yeah. We um, have you ever used? Because I I use these now because my miniature collection got a bit out of hand, and after moving, because of uh, you know growing families, my my wife kind of put the kibosh on. Hey, stop buying miniatures and. Uh, we now use the flat, the paper miniatures that the pod, uh, pod, pod uh, whatever they're called. I forget the, the term. Yep. 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 Exactly. Those, the, the pathfinder ones are amazing. Um, you know, I got a few. Yeah. You, you know, what's really funny is prior to the success of critical role, right? Um, you could go on like Amazon and get the the old Paizo stuff and the old you know D and D stuff, the the flat miniatures for like twenty mm. bucks. You know, you get a box. Now you go online and it's like $70, 80 bucks, and I'm like, jeez, Louise! But it's great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Right? Like that means our our industry and our community is growing, and 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 that's
0: a good thing. That's that's a good sign. I use those a lot for conventions. Um mm-hmm. again, you know, I I like to run a lot of the organized play. And, you know, I have a lot of the the Adventure Pads. I'll, I'll get the Pond Collections for those, too, because it's just, especially for the named NPCs and stuff, you just can't beat it. Oh, yeah. And, you know. and the artwork is spectacular. Yeah.
1: And that goes right back to that whole conversation we had earlier where, you know... It it makes the players' imagination suddenly change. A picture's worth a thousand words, as you said, and it's a hundred percent true. I could describe the the red dragon looking angry, but the moment you see smog in The Hobbit, you're like, yeah, that's an angry red dragon. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna
0: eat you. Run. Yeah, maps and minis. These are probably the most commonly used ones, especially nowadays. Like, you know, especially for things like uh, anything in the Paizoverse, because like that's crunchy. You know, it makes a difference in Pathfinder whether you're 30 feet or 45 feet away from something. You know, like, that becomes important. So, for a lot of these games, these tactical ones especially, you know, they really require that stuff. And like we talked about, a lot of the more stereotyped ones are, you know, those the candles and wands and weird costumes and things like that. What are what are some besides obviously you know you already gave your cool potion one but like what are some ones that you think are underutilized like ones that you you have seen used to such great effect and you're like why doesn't everybody do this?
1: Uh so one of the coolest things and and this is getting a little it's still a tabletop role playing game but it was a Call of Cthulhu campaign that I got to play in. That's great. and. One of the cool things was the GM um used kind of like a tarot card deck, but it was okay. playing cards. And that was kind of how they illustrated the the world changing. They would put down yeah, it's it's a strange concept. So um Basically, you know, as with all Cthulhu, Lovecraftian, Cthulhu, Tentacle stuff, you're going to go crazy and bad things happen. So yeah. different cards, when they would get played because we hit a, a madness sanity check, someone went a little bit more crazy. The cards illustrated like the world warping. So the Queen suddenly it meant like anything red you would see would be horrific, like, like you would panic at the sight of red okay um and uh like the jack or an ace uh well the the joker was really bad like that that meant like there was like a crack in reality and then the the tentacle things could come so i think uh you know stuff that can really help the players get a sense of you know the real world also interacting with the fantasy world like a deck of cards. Where, you know, you might use, like, in um, so for me, right, like, I use, uh, for stupid, and my players make fun of me, because I'm a bad artist, uh, so I, I'm, I, uh, to illustrate the passage of time, I, I, painted up, like, terribly, like, index cards, really bad, and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> by it, so it's like a sunrise, the, you know the afternoon, sunset, and then nighttime, right? And that's okay. it. I, I as we play, I just simply switch them out, right? And my players can know passage of time. Time is passing. Gotcha.
0: Uh, like a, I mean, that's actually a really cool idea. Like I could see it. Like you get a little paper clip or whatever on your GM screen and just swap them out as they go. And,
1: yeah, not much is said. I don't. I don't really say anything. And and I usually t- like pace it. Like if an hour has gone by in real time. That's kind of like a changing of the time period. So, it's been like a... You know, it goes from morning to afternoon. And that, that illustrates, you know, travel and stuff. Obviously, if they've been in a lot of combat. Because yeah. combat is the weirdest situation. It takes like three hours of real time. But in-game, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um. So, that, that throws things for a loop. But it also helps my casters. Because sometimes they'll cast like mage armor. And they know it's only eight hours. Or they'll cast a ten-minute spell. Yeah. And they'll be like, well, has it been 10 minutes? And then I'd be like, oh, it's, you know, they'll see me start to go for the the paper clip to change it, and they'll suddenly be like, I cast the spell again!
0: I'm I'm casting it again! (laughs) Um, I mean, it also helps, like, with that question that I I know I get asked all the time. What time of day is it? mm -hmm. It, You just, they, they don't even have to ask you. They can just look right at the card, and there it is. They know.
1: Yeah, uh, and also if you're, you know, um kingmaker is a great campaign and if you've never gotten to play it
0: uh there's a lot running of tra- it in my home group right now
1: yeah i love kingmaker uh I, i'm a huge fan of it you know it does a lot of hex crawling right so you yeah. go from square to square to square and then uh you can kind of you know each square sometimes takes like a day or uh, each hex takes like a day or so to travel and then your players are like so it's been like six days so if you want to keep track of like rations and stuff that also helps the players um you know do the, the the minutia of keeping track of rations. I have an old school player and he's really cool because he'll 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 get to town and he'll be like, "Oh, I'm buying spell components." And he'll be like, "How much is it nice. for all of them?" And that that's a rare thing because you never hear it from like I don't hear it from anyone else like we have a sorcerer and the sorcerer is like, "Uh-huh. I'm going to save that that gold piece because
0: uh, well, I mean, he's a sorcerer. He should have a shoe materials regardless. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, they... Uh, no, I understand. It, it's nice to have that. Like I said, I'm running it in my, in my home game, and we actually... We had a session last night, and one of the guys was like, you know, and... Uh, ours is a little different because they built their kingdom up to the point where even though they're only in book four, I've basically just kiboshed kingdom building because they can't fail anything. Like, I was like, you have... Uh... uh A, a blue like a once in a millennia civilization that's bloomed up pretty much like you are. It's so expansive, you know. And one of the guys was like, "Well, we can't be the only ones exploring, though. Like, our country has to have like it's so big. They have to have other explorers. Mm -hmm. They have to like like we shouldn't have to clear all these hexes, right?" And I, I was like, "Logically, you're right." You're right, It you know, this is a month of work, and you don't have to, you don't have to play Kingmaker, <laughs> we could just close the book at the level that you're at, and just call it a day, and go on to the next book at a too low a level, but like, you know, uh, like, I, I, I eventually just showed him the map, I'm like, you see all these little dots? These are the things that need to be done. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know? some yeah and and again that's that's an option you could give your players you know stuff kind of like a uh like an achievement tracker yeah you know and then they might be a little bit more inclined i, I you know it's like the the horse and the carrot you got to lead them with the the little carrot and that's that's what i love doing and that's why i really love props cuz that's my carrot for my players they and and they they should be you know props should be something GMs should be thinking about you know we're coming up to almost Halloween. I just saw a spirit store go up nearby, mm. and right after Halloween, that's that's the best time to grab like your your crazy props, right? Yeah, um, your 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 twinkling candles. I want to grab a few of those to to put at my table. Uh, fog machines, fog dry machines, ice, dry ice. Yeah, you can you can get crazy or you can get really cheap and you know a tea bag some paper and a really nice pen and you can you can give someone a scroll you know secret message and sometimes i did this once and it never panned out because i'm i'm bad i'll introduce things <laughs> and then like that the line will drop uh it was in a homebrew campaign and i sent one of my players i just i in the mail like i mailed it to them i had their home address so I mailed it to them. It was, it was addressed to their, their player character. And they opened it. And I remember I got the text. And he was just like, what are you doing, dude? And I was like, don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> and it was a love letter from an NPC in the town that they were in. And she became kind of infatuated with him. Because he, he gained a reputation, you know, hero. Yeah. Um, and I sent him a love letter. I sprayed it with some of my wife's perfume. Uh, <laughs> and he was like... Dude, like that was the weirdest thing, but it was also so cool cuz he he was super interested in like seeing where it went and then suddenly we we the the evil lich, you know, became a little bit more important than dating. Yeah. Uh but stuff like that, like you could just do something so small and it just changes your player's interaction and he still has the leather. I mean uh, I mean I imagine. I you know, keep it. He he brought it to my wedding. And he, he just <laughs> wanted my wife to see it. He was like, I just want you to know your husband sent me a love letter uh, <laughs> when you guys were dating.
0: So I've never sent a love letter. I have done the teabag approach, though, to, like, age paper um, to make it look aged. The, the other thing, too, is, um, you know, out here in the Midwest, like, I live in a small town, so, like, I have to drive to work all the time, right? So I found... It's not a bad idea just to take a couple sheets of copy paper, if you just leave them on your dashboard for a couple weeks, they age themselves. Oh. You know, out there in the sun and, you know, you don't really notice it until you put them next to an actual unaged sheet of white paper, but like they're noticeably a different color and you think or if you get them a little damp first and then set them up there to dry, it takes a while but it's a lot less actual effort cuz you just got to set them up there and let them bake in the sun.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I have uh, a car I haven't used in many years just sitting in my driveway. <laughs> so now it's,
0: now it's going to be used for something. Yeah, you know, it might as well be, you know, and if you're not going to use it for anything else, if you've got a backdash, you know, maybe tape some of the windows, just really go all out with it. <laughs> I'm just going to have my neighbors, like, come to my house and be like, is everything
1: okay? Like, Your husband's out there just filling <laughs> up the car with papers.
0: <laughs> and you know he's making sure that they, they don't overlap so, <laughs> yeah i i I'm just gonna add to my
1: my neighbors thinking i'm the weird house i put up uh, the uh the klingon flag outside just as a, a joke <laughs> and I, i'm now getting the weird looks from like my neighbors and i was like yeah i'm that guy i'm sorry
0: yeah yeah <laughs> no hey man you gotta have fun with life that's that's the most important thing and you know what's what's nice too is you eventually get somebody walking down the street and being like, "I recognize that," and they feel a little better about themselves. You know exactly,
1: exactly. I hope I hope and I hope they're not mad that like I chose Klingon and not Federation.
0: You know, I'm just saying, Worf was cool. They should like
1: Worf. Worf was
0: awesome. He was. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another character that ended up in two different series. Yeah. So, then again I'm not a huge Star trek fan um I'm but sure, yeah yeah I mean there might have been and uh, you know for me personally the you know we're, uh-huh. this this is a yeah. tangent that could go <laughs> way deeper than, than even <laughs> most of our normal tangents uh
1: four so hours I'll, later
0: yes <laughs> anyway so one of the most useful things that I found that a lot of people don't do is uh index cards an index card is a great way to you know hand it like You've got a magic item, index card. Important information, index card. You give it to the player. And, you know, if they're ever like, oh, we got a note that said something, right? And they they look at me and they're like, what did it say? I'm like, I gave you the note. That's on you at that point. You know, how does that item work? I gave it to you. The person who gets it, you know, feels a little more vested because like, okay, I'm in charge of this thing. Like, I got to keep track of it. But it's also like, they can help conspire like it helps them interact with each other too because they're not necessarily interacting with me to get the information they have to ask like joe has to ask jim because jim has the information and then sarah's like but isn't there like what about this and like she's got her own index card and it's like "Do these match and it becomes a thing and index cards are also super cheap yeah you
1: could you could go to your local dollar store and pick up a ton of index cards uh, for stuff like that, I have not done the index card thing. For all my craziness, right? You you would think that the simplest would be the easiest and the, the first I mean, thing.
0: From what you've said, it sounds more like you just transcended index cards immediately. You're just like, no, 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 no. That's not enough. I have bought papyrus paper.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sat outside. I collected a bunch of beetles. I, I made my own
0: ink. <laughs> Um, and that, that goose is never coming back to this part of town. I'll tell you that much, but I got my quills.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I really like that, that notion of the index card and giving it to your players. It, because again, the GM is, is balancing so much, right? And you know, this when you're, you're sitting there at the table and you, you got, okay. In the next two rooms, I got a bunch of serpent men, Who are trying to, you know, do this thing. And then there's a trap this way. And and then also, you know, Bill over there keeps asking what time of day it is. So now I gotta keep changing that one card that to to keep the the motion of time going. And and you're you're kind of juggling six, seven things. And then you get the player is like, wait, didn't we get that potion four rooms back and that sword, right? Like and the map and but get, by giving them index cards, you you kind of take that out of your hands. And you're like, hey, man, like, I gave it to you. And I'm not trying to stifle you. But, you know, you should. You're kinda, adults. Yeah. Let's be a little bit more mature about this. You can, you know, we do this once a month, once a week, biweekly. You know, you could bring it back to the table or leave it at the table. And like you said, it does require player interaction. That'd be cool. You give someone an index card. And then it's, like, the first half of, like, a riddle. And then, like, two weeks later, you give the other half to, like, another player. And, you know, until one of them mentions it, they might, you know, never figure out the, yep. the riddle. Which would be a fun a fun little thing to do. You just got to hope that player doesn't, like, stop coming, right? That would be yeah. the weird situation. They're like, oh, damn, Sarah stopped coming and she had the other half of the riddle. And I don't remember
0: what I wrote down fuck yeah
1: no damn it
0: yeah that's uh, that is a, a one one of the pitfalls i will warn anybody who thinks this is a good idea like if you're worried about that at all make a copy because there's been a few times where i've done this and it's like all of a sudden somebody's like well i lost the index card and i don't remember what it says and i'm like well i don't actually remember what it says either so uh, i guess that storyline may have just been chopped off I I also, one of the other cool things about it is you can use it to, like, describe an item, you know, even if it's just not, like, I use it a lot for, like, really important items, like, hey, you've essentially just got a unique weapon or, um, an artifact level thing, but also, like, you can write it down for, like, um... You know, it's like, you got a, a longsword, um, but the the, um, the pommel is um, like a blooming rose. And the cross guards are thorns, so you can, you know, write that description down. And people are, and, you know, it's just a plus two longsword. They've probably right. found a thousand of them. But, like, this one, this one's special. You know, with the, the index thing, also,
1: you know, they're, they're more inclined to... Like, when you're talking about, like, special items and, and that you've given it, they're more inclined to, to kind of hold on to those. And then it'd be kind of, it, you know, five, six years down the road, someone might find their old stuff. Mm. And then that, that you know, it's it's happened to me. It sparks up a new game. Someone found their old character sheet. And then the conversations of the the memories start talking. Oh, remember those goblins that jumped us and stole yeah. you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, why don't why don't we get together? Like, why did we stop doing this? And <laughs> that life. Yeah. And then you're like, you know what? I have, you know, vacation time coming up. Why don't we all get together? Yeah, I could do this. Uh, you know? And then also now you're back in the swing of things. And that's, that's kind of fun. You know, we, we now keep a lot of stuff. I know, you know, the digital age and I'm the, the grumpy old man shaking fist at the sky, but there's something, Uh, I still have to have the hard copy book, right? I still have to have the tactile thing in front of me. And I think that's kind of why I love props so much. Like, as as that kind of person, it it just speaks to me, you know, into that primal part of me that's like, this is mine, and uh, if you touch my Strawberry Starburst, I will stab you (laughs) at
0: the table. Well, um, for those of you who are listening on podcast, I'm gonna, right now, I'm pointing behind me at a uh, an entire shelf of binders. About four of those are just character sheets I, I, that I've been holding on to for for various games. And they're not all my. One of the binders is my wife's. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, one of them is... Uh, well, actually, two of them are Pathfinder Society characters, and then one of them is Pathfinder Society 2nd Edition and Starfinder. And then, like, I got home games, and then, like, home games we haven't quite played in a little while, but I'm hoping we get back to at some point. And... And, and 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 that
1: is uh i am for those of you listening i am my i am awestruck in 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 reverence to this man's dedication
0: <laughs> yeah i i also really like my physical stuff all the other binders are printed out pathfinder society scenarios because i just can't i don't like the idea of running it all digitally like i like having that there especially especially for like i mentioned way back like if I want to show a picture of somebody, like I don't want to whip my whole computer around. I just like, hey, here you go. I can just pull the sheet out and be like, this is what this thing looks like or this person looks like. It's just, there it is.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and sometimes you know they're really bad with not 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 Paizo, but um, as a GM, you know, and that that kind of ties back into using those those uh, miniatures or the pogs. Um, Sometimes it's hard to describe these fantastical monsters. Like I was trying to describe today a uh, otagu—I I say it wrong, but it's a monster. Yep, with the tentacles and the big mouth. And I was like, okay, it kind of looks like the little shop of horror flower, with tentacles and uh, legs. And then I showed everyone the picture. They were like, "You're wrong. That is not <laughs> what it looks like." And I was like, "But it does, kinda." <laughs>
0: um i shared this story a little while ago on one of the other ones um one of the last conventions i was running at i had a guy uh, so my group and the podcast and listeners you're going to be like yes jason we know what you're going to talk about we a lot of us also run uh, a game convention called farmageddon right it's a charity con here in uh here in farmer city and it's a lot of the same people year after year which is not a bad thing like i love seeing these people but this last year, I saw a name on there that I was like, I don't recognize this person. And he signed up for all seven of the tables I'm running. So I was like, either this person has been tricked by some of his friends that come to this convention into believing that I'm going to know what I'm doing, or he's just a sucker for punishment. But he was blind. So I had this challenge, and it, like, I feel better for having done it, of like, Everything, every room they encountered, every uh, creature that they they ran up against, I was like, okay, I need to describe this for people who can't see it, and it was a thing that I'd never had to do before because I have all the pawns, I have all the maps, I have all this stuff, and it was always easy just to be like, hey, this is the picture, and like just pass it, like pass the pawn around the table and let them go, and. I I don't regret it by any means, but it did add quite a bit of time to the game, and it's hard. Like, it was hard, like, like an Odiug, I can imagine, like, because it's, like, got that big wide mouth with all the sharp teeth and, like, three tentacles, but they're coming out of weird places, and, like, some of them have eyes and some of them don't, and then the legs are, like, elephant legs, but again, they're in, like, a tripod. No. Does it have three or four legs? I don't even remember now, but, like that's a complicated thing to describe and that realistically is just a start you know like i can only imagine it's describing like a moon beast or a denizen of lang yeah yeah you
1: you got nothing you you sit there and you're like oh and then the worst part is you know with your situation is vastly different most of the time uh when you describe things you you kind of correlate other things so you're like oh it has like elephant legs and then suddenly you're like (laughs) <laughs> I gotta describe even more, because that, that doesn't help the situation. Yeah. Brandon's never seen an elephant, because he was born blind. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, and, and and it's out of love, you know, for the game, and for the people playing with you, that you really want to, to have them have the same experience that, that everyone's having, and it's, it's you know, it is beautiful that you're working that hard to help this person out. Um well, wow, that's that's actually a really beautiful story. I'm, I I haven't gotten to hear it. So if the people in your podcast are mad that you told me the story, uh, uh, they can fucking get over it. That, there you go. I was <laughs> gonna say something. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be polite about it. I'm I'm glad <laughs> you said something.
0: <laughs> but okay, so we, we've gone over like all the importance to do it mm-hmm. right. We've kind of touched on this a little bit. What are what are some of the other ways we we haven't kind of talked about about doing props like what are some of the other suggestions like we've talked about like different ways to age paper uh, and listeners you can go online and see a thousand different ways like bake them use a a lighter on the edges like paper is very easy to manipulate in a lot of different ways Uh, crease it roll it things like that but beyond manipulating the paper like what other ways do you have to like make cool props
1: Uh, so besides paper and, uh, drinks, which I highly suggest, um, you don't even have to get as fancy as I get. You could just be like, Hey, uh, you find this potion and it's a Coke and they drink it. And if it's cherry Coke, it's a healing potion. And if it's a regular Coke, uh, it's a lesser healing potion,
0: you know, um, or like crack one and like leave it flat and then like mix the Coke with, or like get a diet Coke and mix it with a little bit of. Like you said, vinegar, and be like, if you drink that, yeah, poison. Yeah, poison. Um,
1: so those those are like the simple ones, right? Those are things you could just do on the fly at your table. Um, I I've actually tried this with mild success, um, and this this one gets weird. So bear with me. Uh, essential oils and and okay, using yeah. smells at the table. So. We were, uh, my players have, we started playing Red of the Righteous, okay. and they're going down, you know, they're, they're in the world moon, and demons do smell like sulfur, and you can find sulfur smelling oils, which smells like rotten eggs, and it, it bothers yeah. pe- everyone. So a little bit will do you, mind you. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've used sulfur to kind of enhance the environment of that they're down there, and I it's not so much physical props, but sometimes even like sirenscape, like sounds, right? Like you yeah. could talk about. Ambiance. Ambiance. Um that is and you know, and, and a lot of people don't really think of that, but that is a, a prop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we actually um uh as of the day we recorded this yesterday we just put up the episode where I talked to um uh a guy named Omar about music. Like just the whole category of, of music because that is that is a, basically a prop that is so detailed like it needed it its own episode oh yeah a hundred and
1: ten percent it's uh that's really cool and then you know how nerdy do you want to get uh do you want to dress up as you know do like i mean we we've all i mean i hopefully you've seen it but community did the D episode and a bit of it, yeah. Yeah, it's a great episode. and They all kind of they come to the table, a few of them dressed up. Um I do that for Halloween with my group, my home group. Uh we always dress up for Halloween. Uh whatever game we're playing, we all kind of try to dress up. Cool. Uh so this year we might be doing Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Uh and I I as a GM I might come as uh as Slimer just uh, myself in i was just gonna
0: say you would make a beautiful
1: janine oh i would love to do janine now i might go as janine <laughs> we got just another for the humor one? value yeah that's that's amazing i might do that then i might go as janine um so co- you know costuming adds to that uh, i would
0: agree and for listeners like if you can't get a whole costume like you don't have space for it you don't have funds for it or whatever even one thing like a hat or a prop cigar or, you know, um, a necklace, you know, just to represent like what you're, you're, being in this, like whether it's your character or your DM doing NPCs, you know, just one little prop can make a big difference.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I, um, I, I think sometimes even a hat is great. Like you said, uh, let's say you're playing a wizard, right? Easiest, easiest one to choose. Wizard hat, right? We all, we all seen it um yeah. it could be a baseball cap but like when you're wearing the cap it might even help you role play a little bit better you know when you're wearing the cap you're in character you take yeah. the cap off everyone now knows you're 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 whoever you know your 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 normal persona um so you kind of like superman batman put your costume on costume off costume on yeah. costume off. uh that's that's fun and that actually probably helps the the gm also because now i know who i'm talking to um I sadly can't do voices. I, I I actually could do one voice, and that is Arnold, a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and all my dwarves have become bad Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Um, let's know about the, the the third one because like everybody stereotypes the Scottish dwarf, right? Mm-hmm. Personally, I like to do Russian dwarves.
1: I like Russian dwarves,
0: but now we've got Austrian dwarves. Yeah, they uh. I I. That's my go-to. That's that's it. I'm. It's bad. It's terrible. Hey, you know, if you guys listen to, to Shield Bash, you know that my default accent is always like a bad British accent. Like, I don't know why, but like, whenever I'm like trying to get in, I have to sometimes stop myself. I'm like, no, that's not what this character sounds like. <laughs> Let's try something different.
1: Practice makes perfect with that. I, I don't know if you would classify voicing as a prop, but, um... For GM, you might want to get, like, uh, a fake mustache so that it, you know, sometimes you have, like, more than one NPC in the room. So you could be like, oh, fake mustache is NPC1 and no mustache is NPC2. So the players, again, know who they're talking to. And it's just a small thing like that where, you know, the players, again, are immersed in this new world. They understand they're talking to, you know... General Mustache and, you know, Lieutenant No Mustache.
0: And don't do joke, kid yourself here. They will call him General Mustache at that point because that is the physical thing that they represent with that character and he will become General Mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Don't, don't give him an, uh, an illustrious name. He will instantly be General Mustache.
0: <laughs> yeah. I You know, we, there's a boat captain in um, uh, Hell's Rebels that for us... Is has always been and will forever be Captain Snickerdoodle, because and the and the DM is just like, like that's not his name. Like we don't care. That's that's just what. That's how we're going to remember it. Like deal with it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But anyway, NPC names is always another thing. But like, yeah, that that's a good idea. And you could it's a re, like if you get one of those like um you know just a little paper cutout one and put it on a stick and it's now it's a reusable prompt for you where you can just you know put it up and you know, a campaign later when you're like, okay, well, Snow Woman's well-known to have a big mustache. I already have one. Put in your toolbox.
1: Yeah, it's and it takes up what? A small stick space? You get, like, a, one of those chopsticks from, like,
0: the Takeaway? Yeah. And boom. Um, another thing, too. Um, so here, we talked about Hero Forge minis, and they can, they can get expensive. But you can also just make a cool mini... On Hero Forge's website, and then screenshot it, and now you've got a picture you can show people, like your players, to be able to say like, yes, this is what this person looks like. This is, you know, what their general posture and demeanor is, and like, so that's another way of like, if you're like me, and no offense, but it kind of sounds like you as well, and you can't draw a word shit, you just get in there and you know make your NPCs that way, so you have cool, especially if you're playing online through like Roll Twenty that's another real easy way to like screenshot it save it import it and now they can just see exactly who you're talking about oh yeah a hundred percent those the
1: screenshotted uh, tokens that you can make um super useful especially when you know i i you can you know bring it up and now you're you're no longer captain must you know captain mustache yeah. they can actually see captain snickerdoodle um <laughs> and it makes things go a little faster you know and and using that y- you know you have a, a vast array um of images you know fantasy is is huge how hard is it to you know quick google a picture print it out and now you have you know the lich king you know yeah. from world of warcraft um or like you said you can you can create your own with hero forge and i, I you're 100 right i am a terrible artist um i am happy my my little guy uh is in the age range where i can do no wrong and i am still a superhero because he he thinks my 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 elephant pictures are amazing (laughs) um my wife saw one and was just like that's a weird cat and i was like that's an elephant
0: I was That's like, a weird cat." Yeah, I was like, <laughs>
1: you, "You didn't see the big ears?" She was like, "I didn't." I thought the cat had wings, and I was just like.
0: I'm apologize. I think my wife's warning me not to wake the children up. So
1: <laughs> okay, sorry about that.
0: <sighs> okay, please continue with your story. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so you know, uh, I'm a bad drawer, so I, I love using uh, Hero Forge for uh, my my images of characters. Uh, <laughs> when when they are, you know, and 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 now when I want my my elephant. Character to have a pet kitty cat uh, They wouldn't understand They're looking at an elephant and a cat And not a <laughs> flying kitty cat
0: um, With another smaller stranger cat Yeah <laughs> uh,
1: So you know It's it's kind of awesome I think we, we we are living in The, the golden age Of tabletop role playing games um, Everyone I say that to Kind of is like yeah I can see that
0: I mean I can't picture a lot of ways it'll get a lot better until like you know we get tv screens on our coffee tables and stuff like that you know yeah i mean yeah that's that's
1: the we've all seen those 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 game tables right yeah where they they have the 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 tv and they just kind of bring it up with their laptop and and it shows up and they're playing on the table and that that just looks pretty cool um if you have the finances to do that yeah you should be putting those finances in uh holographic technology so that we (laughs) can all like live the reality now
0: yeah back to our star trek kick uh yes please make us a holodeck thank you i'm
1: glad you got that that was like we holodecks
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah okay i rescind my earlier statement that is how it gets better holodecks you know, you, you, it's not going to get. I, I think that that is going to be the the height. I, I, I don't. know. It's not TTRPGs anymore, but I guess we're we're. That is the time when Larpers really come into their own, and they're like, "You've been making fun of us for years. Now you're one of us."
1: Yeah, I think at that point we all become one of. Uh, was it the one of us? One of us. Yep. Resistance is futile. Yeah. Yeah. You just become a. Uh, join the collective. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, for that kind of props, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, if... You know, and, and I think that's really the... the, You know, I, I don't get mad. Um, it's beautiful when I go on YouTube and, and you quickly do a Google search of, like, props and stuff. And, like, how to build your own terrain. And sometimes you'll see these these people and they're like oh it's super easy you just get foam core and then you do this this and this and you paint it and then it's done in like three hours or like six hours and uh i wish i could i it's you know it's across the hall i tried that and um i super glued it to my table i had to like try it off the table uh because that was that was on me um but it's not as easy as as all, but you know We have all watched Bob Ross and go, I could totally paint happy trees. And then you're like, I can't paint happy trees.
0: Yep. My trees are sad and lonely.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I
0: feel like every time I try painting, or drawing Bob Ross just rolls over in his grave. Now, Bob Ross would give you a big old hug and remind you that it's okay. It's okay. And I mean that because I've actually literally just started rewatching Bob Ross on YouTube because it's just so relaxing to deal with deal with things. Um, but yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. I've, I've seen some of those and I've seen like people that are like, Oh, this is how you make your own dice. It's super easy. And like, Hey, here's a bunch of stuff that I've never even heard of. And they're like, you just buy the, you know, it's like watching a celebrity chef. who's like, yeah, we're just going to use some stuff laying around the kitchen, like West Indian ginger. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the feather of a dodo bird. And you're just like,
1: where do I even get this shit? Yeah. Like Gordon Ramsay,
0: I can't I can't cook that stuff. That's not local. No. No. Like, maybe if the the world market's open and they happen to have it, but uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. So, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can go online. You can find some useful tips for props and everything like that. But, yeah, a lot of the stuff they talk about is just if you're, you know, a Hollywood prop artist, yeah, that's probably really easy to make. But not practical for the, the layman. Yeah um what's another good oh i i really like
1: and this one's gonna uh something simple again that you could just kind of grab uh name tags Mm. it's something you know you go to conventions and stuff and everyone sits down with a fantasy name and Mm -hmm. suddenly there are a lot more vowels than consonants at your table (laughs) and you're just like I well, I uh, I can't pronounce that. I can't even write it down phonetically because your name started with two Zs and then ended with four Ys. Um, so
0: See it's see it's spelled Johnson, but it's pronounced murder boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like um at a lot of the conventions a lot of the the longtime players they'll have little placards, you know, little tents that they've made themselves and I personally I'm a big fan of the um you know, take an, again, take an index card, fold it in half, and I tell them, it's like, write your character name down on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's got some other uses as well. I tell them, like, hey, if there's anything weird about your character, make sure you write it down. Like, if you're just a standard half-orc, I know what that is, but, like, if you have 120 feet of dark vision instead of 60, you know, so it's got some GM uses, but, like, then I've got everybody's names, and it's in front of them, and I can, you know, use it. You know, it's... If they don't have their own, it it can be a very, very beneficial thing. Yeah. And, and suddenly you've, you've now
1: made a prop. Yep. Right. Like all of a sudden the player has a prop and then, you know, circling back to, to things we spoke about, that's probably something they're going to keep. Like you have your binder full of your society characters and you know, I'm sure that that could slide in one of those pockets and you go to a, a you know, a convention and bam, bam, you're sitting at the table, you got your little miniature. That you created on Hero Forge, and you spent $4 million because you got the <laughs> the pre-painted one. Yeah. Um, and you got your, your little name tag. And, you know, you even came down with, like, a little trucker hat. And then, you know, your hat's on. You're, you're in you're, character. You're in character. Your hat's off. You're out of character. And it's, you know, it sounds weird, but you're already doing something weird. Right. right like, I think, I think that's the funny thing we're doing something strange to begin with and then we're gonna like mock each other for doing strange things
0: yeah yeah i mean that is one thing like you hear it a lot with like people being hesitant to try character voices you know it's like because oh they might make fun of you i mean it's like well it's also a joke it's the same joke we make at um uh in the podcast sometimes for you know some of us are good off on a tangent on like Avatar the Last Airbender or Magic the Gathering or something and they're like, "Wow, you guys are nerds." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your D&D podcast, your RPG podcast for my nerd stuff?" Like this it's all it's all in the same ball of nerd. Like yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Just yeah, have fun,
0: ha- like just d- dive in.
1: Mhm. Yeah, man, just just hop in. I don't I don't, you know, I I love this is my like my my guilty pleasure. I love playing with new players. Oh, Cuz yeah. you only get to that experience once, right? And this this could be a tangent, but also if you're the GM that brings pop, props to the table and do bad voices and all your dwarves sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> you know what? You've changed their perception of the game because they're going to go home, they're going to play, and they're going to maybe have a little props they might have, you know, index cards with really cool items. Um, they might have, you know, whatever they have. Maybe they they start stealing stuff from you, but it's not stealing. It's it's it's
0: enhancing their game. Yeah, I mean, you call it stealing. One of the phrases I've often heard is the best GMs steal from other GMs. Oh, you have to. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent.
1: And you know, now these players are are embracing the nerddom and embracing the the culture and everything about it, and then suddenly. It's no longer weird because they're doing weird stuff at their table. So then, you know, it's kinda like a virus. You know, we yeah. all now understand a little bit more about viruses, but you know, all of a sudden now it's cool that they are doing it, and then they yeah. go to a new table and, and they're doing it and, yeah. and then And those five players go to new tables and they're doing it. And, yep. and now you're part of the collective, and that's how the Borg <laughs> win. Don't don't stop.
0: Uh, which it does kind of s- small thing to take away from this to remind people is props are not just for the GM. Like the GM has a lot of has a lot more opportunity for for props, Um, especially like handing things out NPCs and stuff like that. But like like we gave with the example of like having a hat that you take on and off to be out of character, your name tags, your minis. There are other things you could get, like if your character has a signature item, you know, like they've got a lucky coin, go buy a cheap plastic coin, you know, like having those little things can you know help your other help the other players help the gm really recognize like especially you know if you talk about your lucky coin a few times they're like oh yeah cool he's got a neat coin he likes it but like if you physically have the coin like that's important to him or her that's a thing that that character values which can have its downside as a may just be like that's valuable to them and now i'm gonna fuck with it but it can also just be fun yeah
1: you know if you know it it, it's something that like again enhances the game and that's what props are really about for me is 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 creating this new level of enhancement um that everyone is like oh this is really cool i'm glad i did this and i'm glad we sat down and played like this we used to man we like everyone talks about props we were doing props even before we had money we were we we have this joke. It's it's PNG, and everyone's like, "Oh, what that enemy was PNG," and people are like, hmm. "What's PNG?" And we we it's play no games, penny, right? And 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 that's that's a colloquial term we use in in our home stuff. And play no games meaning like they're they're out for blood. And the oh. reason why that that came about was we used to use pocket change. Like when okay. we come together after we bought snacks, we had pocket change. And the enemies would be pennies. You know, if it was like uh, a low-level enemy, it would be a penny. If it was like a harder monster, it would be a nickel, dime. And then quarter was like a god, you know, a monster monster, yeah. like a dragon or something.
0: Ancient dragons. And
1: yeah. Stuff. And one time we were playing, and a penny, which was a goblin, like alchemist, you know, they, they had like the bombs and stuff, uh, took out three players. Oof. Oof yeah yeah like three players went down to this one goblin who in the back was just lobbing um alchemic fires at the party and 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 the players like didn't move you know it's 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 because they have that you could see hit points right so all of them in their head are like oh i still got i got i got and then all of a sudden it's like wait i don't have enough um and the the penny won the combat the the one player who survived ran from the penny and ever since then we we jokingly, you know, play no games penny. Yeah. And, and it was
0: uh and but they still have that penny to this day.
1: We we do actually. <laughs> actually, uh we have it at my friend's house when when we do play and, and the GM's like trying <laughs> to set the mood, he'll that he or she will take out the penny and be like, This is the boss. And everyone's <laughs> like, Oh shit. Like that's it? Oh, fuck. yeah. But again, that those were props, right? We all understood. Yeah. Um, you know, and you don't have to be like again, it's talking about yeah, you know, we, we are talking about props, but I'm always on the side of how to save you money. So if you got nickels, dimes, you you could go to I know you could go to banks in New York and some of them still have like uh, international change that they might get from like their coin machines uh so if, if you're nearby a bank you could go find out if they have any international coins and you could like be like hey can i get a few canadian pennies
0: oh, that's cool that's and, a good
1: idea you know and you could grab a few i mean you might get lucky go to Seven Eleven, or you, you know and then wind up with a canadian or mexican penny or something and um
0: yeah
1: or a euro or something yeah, or a euro and you can use those as as instead of having to buy again it's cool having the Pathfinder pawns. But you are spending what is it like 50 50 60 bucks?
0: Oh, that, I couldn't tell you man. Yeah, I bought it, them like I bought the boxes when they first got printed so they were like 30 bucks then I think.
1: Yeah. But so yeah, you know sp- now
0: they're out of print so like getting one is is hard.
1: Yeah. So you're spending, you know, you're spending money um, and how many times are you going to be fighting, you know, uh, a denizen of Lang? You uh, know, it's once in a while yeah but that canadian nickel that that last that can be a goblin that could be a denizen of lang it could be a giant spider um
0: yeah, you I know mean, you could do a lot of stuff with it you could like keep it like okay canadian ones are for friendly npcs and uh mexican ones are for you don't know and then like since it'll be easiest to get to the the you know u.s currency can be for like your generic all your other enemies and it's like oh you got a euro that's an outsider you know like you could really you know do a lot with that that's a cool idea yeah
1: you know and i don't, I don't collect coins this is this is just like you know we we you, we've always had those moments where you're at the vending machine and you're like hey i get this like penny like i the machine's not gonna take it and you're upset with it um but now you have a reason for it right like you got you have a reason for it and it's it's something so simple um you know so rummage through your house i you know and start grabbing things if if you got an old drill bit that doesn't you know it's no good or you you might not use it cool that's now the lich that's the arch lich yeah and you know
0: when i started we used um wire connectors That, like, electricians use. Like, you can get them in different sizes, colors, um... All sorts of different patterns and stuff. And I've still got, like, a hundred of them. Just... Like, I haven't used them in a while, but, like, they're still there for when I do need them. Yeah. Uh, Also,
1: you can use those for coins. You could give out... You know, going back to props, a lot of people... You could give out... Oh, you find five copper pieces, and you could hand them five, you know, red wire connectors.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um... And, or you could say, like, each one's 10 copper pieces, and, you know, like, reds are 10s, and and now they actually have physical money, and suddenly, when they're, they're haggling, you'll start to notice your players haggle a little more, <laughs> because they don't want to give up that yellow wire connector, Yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, because um, the, the thing they physically see exactly. is no longer the abstract of a number written down.
1: Yeah, you losing 20 gold pieces, you're like, eh, erase, you know? you losing that yellow wire connector you're like you know what i'm going to fight you for this how what's the what's the dc for this diplomacy haggle check let me can i intimidate them um and you, you'll see your players will start to, to to interact with you a little more because of that that's cool well,
0: we've gone over a lot of the little bits here the who uses them why to use them how to get them what are your closing thoughts? Like, what is the the thing that's still in your head of, like, man, I haven't found a way to work this in yet about props? Like, what is that thought on your mind? You know, we use, we
1: talked about the flip maps and stuff. I've never done the 3D terrain. And for all that I've boasted and talked about my experience, uh, I've never had the pleasure of actually playing on a really cool 3D terrain. Um, and I think that's my, my, you know, my, my unicorn that I'm trying to go hunt for and get, um, I, I wanna, you know, if I'm in a wizard tower, I want to be able to play that cross section wizard tower night, you know, and, and, and that's for me, that's, that's the the end game because like we did say, you know, it's expensive. Um, you kind of have to dedicate yourself for that. You know, it's it's if you're going to that wizard tower, it should be for me, it should be something really important. It should be that like they're now going to fight the Arch Lich. Yeah. Or, you know, who's riding the Necro Drake and it's gonna be epic.
0: Yeah, this isn't the, the friendly local wizard they've come to ask for directions. This is this is the end of the campaign.
1: Yeah, that's my that's my unicorn is definitely the um the three D. 3D terrain. I think
0: it's a lot of people's unicorns. It's, yeah. Until you get that critical role money. It's, uh... I mean, that's the dream, right? We're all here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, okay. So, my my closing thoughts on, on props are... A, try a bunch of them. Find what... Because we, we, we say this a lot, and but it doesn't really sink in until you've experienced it. Every table functions a little different. So, like, what works great... Sometimes it's not even your table. Sometimes it's individual players. Like, handing out index cards may work great for Sarah, but Mary... Like, she loses fucking everything. Everybody knows Mary's terrible at keeping track of her stuff. So, like, you know, giving her something else, some other sort of prop, can work out. And then, like, Jim's hyper-organized and super imaginative, so, like, Jim doesn't need that. Jim needs, you know, a, a costume piece. You know, like, try a... Just try stuff. Just try stuff. Um, again, my personal, my favorite thing is pictures. I love showing pictures of NPCs and monsters. Like That is the thing that I try to do a lot. Other than that, um, like with all things, don't be afraid to, to look weird. Just give it a shot. And don't be afraid to admit that, like, okay, this isn't working. And if you're not sure what to, where to start, ask the table. Just ask them like, hey, I'm thinking about doing some props. What do you think would it be cool? They'll they'll have ideas. Give it a shot. And you may then also inspire them by talking to them about it. They may try their own props. Yeah, definitely a hundred percent. So listeners, thank you for joining us. Um we hope you found some use out of this and will enjoy uh you know find some success out of it. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. We'll talk at you next time. Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at shieldbash.net, on Facebook at Shieldbash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at Shieldbash. Music by Lee Rosevier Serpent Skull and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com.